Welcome back for more Couchside Judges, my friends. Scott Fontana here, and so is my partner Dan Urban. We've got the latest UFC Fight Island action from Saturday on the docket, including Holly Holmes' dominant decision victory in the headliner over Irene Aldana. We'll talk about what that win means for one of the biggest names in women's MMA, as well as dissect if she deserved any 10-8s for her work. Holm Aldana was one of eight fights to go the distance in Abu Dhabi. Most of them were pretty clearly in one fighter's favor, with a split round here or there. But we did have a rare split draw, the 12th in UFC history, according to MMA decisions. We'll break down the scoring in that one, in which one judge scored it for Charles Jordan, another scored it for Josh Koulibau, and the third deemed it a draw. So let's start off at the top, of course. You know, we'll talk about Holly Holm here. You know, she went out, and I think she hasn't looked this good over the course of five rounds, or or really the distance of a fight at all in her entire career, Dan. Uh, I mean, she looked good. I I am not gonna say she didn't have a good fight, but I am gonna say I don't care when she fights again. Uh, you I are such not, a hater. I was not interested in the fight. It it didn't hold my interest. Uh, she did what I thought she was going to do. She's going to dance around for a while and, uh, and strike. And that's it. Oh, that is not what happened. She did a lot more than that. Dan. That's that's harsh. That isn't harsh. A lot of the fight was her dancing around and striking when Aldana came into range. It was She was just waiting. I'm not disagreeing that she did that. But, I mean, the fact that she was trying to mix it up, show off the full MMA game there. I thought she did a great job, especially in round three, where she ended up getting a you know getting it down there she moved to mount she had some real good work on there you know not necessarily anything that looked like it was about to finish the fight but i mean she was pounding on her from the top for a little bit too it didn't seem like holly wanted to finish the fight at all when does the player haters ball start dan i'm, I'm not hating on her i just she doesn't interest me all right i'm all right, saying how enough. i say it, how i see it all right all right well obviously the win is a big deal for her because Everyone's kind of start trying to write the epitaph, trying to bury her right now, put her in the ground and move on with, with other contenders at Bantamweight. But she's clearly not ready because Irene Aldana was kind of on a little bit of a roll and she clearly was not even close to the same league as Holly Holm. No, this was dominant for Holly Holm. So what does it mean for her? You know, is this is this something that kind of puts her in the title conversation, in your opinion? I know you don't care that much, unfortunately, but you know what? It, it, obviously, the thing rolls on. Where? What does this mean for her? I would watch it because Amanda's in the fight, and I like watching her fight. But you want? do you want her to have that title shot next? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she got to fight Duran to me first. I would like to see that rematch, like, independently of the fact that I think that's probably the, the most logical fight anyway. I just want to see what they would do again. Not necessarily that the first fight was all that great, but there were a lot of unresolved questions in there. You know, we had some fouls in that one, the potential fouls that weren't really called from Deronda May, you know, late, late hits and things like that. And I want to see what would happen if they ran it back, especially now that both of them have had time to develop their games even more, uh, become more well-rounded mixed martial artists. Uh, and the fact that this would be at 135 instead of 45 the last time they met almost, uh, what was it, almost four years ago now. Yeah, it looks three like, or four years. Looks like they both developed some sort of ground game. So I'd be interested to see if they would uh, try to grapple at all. Most definitely, and Deronda of course, you know, and we'll t we'll talk about this later. But Deronda surprised everybody by getting the uh, the submission in the third round, choking uh, Juliana Pena unconscious. So that obviously puts her in kind of the same conversation here. You know, we've we've got another fighter who looks like the probably the only fighter, definitely between her. 
is Holly. You know, it's it's these are the two, right? I I, I don't know who else it would be. There's nobody That's else. It, so. There's nobody <laughs> else. Everyone else is just a, at least two steps behind these women, and then they're both like three steps behind Amanda Nunes. So <laughs> it's kind of this weird bubble, uh, or not bubble, but you know, it's kind of this weird separation of tiers. It's kind of like when you're drafting a fantasy football team, and like there's definitely one guy that everybody wants, and then after that, it's like all right, there's a couple guys that everybody wants after that. And then it's like, all right, the rest is just kind of uh, we'll we'll take it sometime between round one and two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so they're definitely tier two in that division. Why? While Amanda's definitely tier one, maybe even higher. If there's a higher than tier one, I don't know. But they said she wants to fight in December, so I, I don't know if they'll be able to do. If they might well, have to I just believe choose she's someone. supposed to be fighting. Uh, Megan Anderson was the plan. Uh, so, I don't know if that's set. Right. But I believe they're they're supposed to be locking horns for the featherweight bout. Uh, so it'll be a forty-five uh, fight for the featherweight belt. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a five rounder at, at one hundred forty-five. And I mean, goodness, I don't really see a reason for Amanda Nunes to take another fight after that if she wins, because there's just she has proved everything. There's nothing left. But you know, let's let's focus back to the action from Saturday. Of course, we have the third round of the Holly Holm fight was the only round that any judges differed. And it wasn't because anyone thought Aldana won a round. I mean, this was very clearly all five for home. But round three, Mike Bell actually gave a 10-8, whereas his colleagues, Dave Torelli and Clemens Werner, they went 10-9 for home. What did you think happened in this round? Was it 10-8 or 10-9? I scored a 10-9. I don't have a problem going 10-8. And uh, there's no shock Mike Bell was the one to give a 10-8. He's shown... Oh, yeah, I called it before I knew it. <laughs> yeah, he's shown his cards as one of the more liberal judges when it comes to 10-8s. And I don't hate that at all. No, I don't, I don't hate it either. I don't hate him pushing the the definition of what a 10-8 can be. I don't know if that's what his goal is or not, but it. I mean, it, he certainly is. Like, whenever we're talking about, oh, and the lone judge who gave a 10-8, it's almost always Mike Bell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and that's fine. You know, I, I'm okay with that. Here. I don't love this as a 10-8 round. I think it was a really good round. I think it was a very strong round, but I'm not sure that it checked definitely two out of three d's i think for you have, me. yeah i think you have damage i think you struggle to get do- duration or dominance yeah it, it, it seems like a bit of a stretch here you know like i said i'm i'm cool with trying to stretch the definition until we get different round scores and things but i just i don't think based on the criteria i don't see this one as a 10-8 but you know maybe maybe fellow judges disagree you know dave torelli is obviously a um an american judge just like mike bell clemens Werner comes from europe so they're they're coming from different worlds here, and they both see it as a 10-9, whereas Mike Bell sees it as a 10-8. I'm curious to see what other judges would feel. You know, there's a bunch of judges uh, who aren't out there right now, uh, and I'm I'm curious what they would think. So maybe we'll get that answer one day. But yeah, maybe you know we've got we've got some other rounds, of course, to talk about. And this all three of the ones that I'm really most interested in come from the same fight, Dan. So contested rounds. It's that split draw you were talking about, Jordan and, and Kulabau. There was dissent in every round. I thought round one was a Kulabau round. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think, honestly, the fact that that one was split really surprised me. And the, the dissenting judge here, the out judge, was Ahmed Korchi, whereas Bell and Lucas Bosaki, who was refing last week and judging this week, uh, they were the ones who saw it for Kulabau, just as you and I did, and I think just about everybody else did. It was... A very surprising round to have gone for Jordan from anyone. But you know what? Dan. 
to me, Kulabau landed like three decent strikes. That were like they don't they didn't land very many strikes in this round. But Kulabau landed three that had really good damage. He dropped them. He broke his nose with a knee. And uh, I guess I can understand the argument a little bit for Jordan's uh, his leg kicks mixed with the choke attempt. That you may want to go his way, but I didn't see it that way. I favored the knockdown and the broken nose. Yeah, honestly, I thought the striking was was too close before, you know, outside of the knockdown that I think it's perfectly okay to go for Kulabau here pretty easily. Is it is it dumb to go for Jordan here? No. You know, he did attack with with the sub attempt, right? You know, he, he had a... What, what was it he went for again, Dan? The guillotine he had. Yeah, it was a guillotine, right. So he went for that guillotine, but I just didn't think it outweighed the knockdown. I, I think it really, it kind of comes down to the striking was close enough that it's almost the strike, you know, the the knockdown against the sub attempt. And I, I did favor the knockdown there. Yeah, as did I. So again, not a terrible score from Korchi, but I think it was pretty clear for most at home, two of the three judges, that this was a cool about round. Round two, though, this was much closer. It was, a, it was a close round, but I still thought it was pretty clear for Kulabau. And I disagreed with you, man. Yeah, Jordan had some offense. I mean, he had the, a couple of sub-attacks, but I don't. I, I think the offense on the feet outweighed the offense on the ground for uh, Kulabau. I think it was reasonably close. Not I mean, Look, until probably that last minute or so, Kulabau was probably winning, but I don't think it was by too much. And that's why I thought the way Jordan closed the round, and I, I did get the chance to rewatch this fight and this round, and I did still see this one for Jordan. Uh, I was in the minority on this one, but I, as far as the judges, uh, only Korchi and I saw it the same. I actually saw a lot of this fight the same way as Korchi. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could take this one either way. I, I don't really have a big problem with you going that way, with Bell and Bosaki going that uh, that way for Kulabau. But I, I think this was a very close round. I, this one, if it comes down to this round, if, it, like, if this was the only round that was split, I would say, okay, you know, that makes some sense. All right, that's fair. Round three, though, there's no argument over who won this. This was a Jordan round. But the debate is, again, a 10-8 versus a 10-9. And who gave the 10-8, Dan? I did, along with Mike Bell. Mike Bell! <laughs> there you are, Mike. Guy. He I might be you. my favorite. He might be my favorite. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, hey, like I said, I like him kind of pushing the envelope there as far as the definitions and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily see this one as a 10-8. Uh, when I rewatched it, I see the argument. This one, I actually see a better argument for than in the home fight. But I went 10-9 as well, just as Korchi and Bosaki did. Yeah, I th- I went 10-8. I thought this was a really good round for Jordana. He got a knockdown early with an inside leg kick. He hurt him with a stomp strike, which we had a terrible angle on the TV. So it looked like it might have been a low blow. It looked like it might not have been. The ref declared it not a low blow. He said, keep fighting. So I had, and it looked like, Kulabau yeah, Jason Herzog was like, no, 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 keep going. And Kulabau looked like he was hurt from it, so I scored that as a strong strike. Uh, and then that armbar triangle uh, situation where he just started raining down elbows and attacking the armbar, I thought that was solid enough to, to get two Ds there, damage and duration, and that's where I went 10-8. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. I actually really do see this as a very uh, good argument for a 10-8 here. I didn't go there, but no debate uh, from me. I'm not going to go crazy on you on that. So it really comes down to whether you saw this as a 10 to 10, nine. And then in round two, if you favored the way, you know, Jordan closed the round, or if you thought that Kulabau had done enough throughout the 
rest of the second round there. So I can understand why the scores would be kind of all over the place. It's round one that's still, to me, a little curious that it went that way. But So really, at the end of the day, though, even if round one had been given to Kulabau by Ahmed Korchi, it still would have only been 29-28 for Jordan. So it really didn't actually impact the result of the fight. Yeah, no impact. I mean, I think it draws a perfectly acceptable uh, result of this fight. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. Yeah, for sure. I, we had a lot of action going on and nothing necessarily resolved. That's a draw. Yeah, that is a <laughs> clear draw. Split draw. wonder if he gets like 30% win bonus for getting one of the three cards. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, nah, they, they, they hand out money like candy yeah. over there, man. Unfortunately. <laughs> not unless you're dealing blackjack to Dana White. That's true. <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, we've got a few more rounds here. Nothing we would need to get too deep into, but we'll go to lightning rounds. Uh, Carlos Felipe and Jorgen DeCastro. This was the co-headliner here. Heavyweights. Crappy fight, right? I thought it, it actually held my interest. You know, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of heavyweights a little bit, but these guys were throwing some heat and I, I, I was, I was, it held my attention. Wasn't the greatest. There have been worse fight. heavyweight fights. There have been a lot yes. worse heavyweight yes. fights, even this summer. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just bitter that this was the co-main event because it's it's such a stupid main event. It looked like Felipe event. got a little bigger from his last fight. <laughs> Could he really have? I don't know. Well, maybe I just don't <laughs> misremembering. But <laughs> round two was the the one round that was split. Yeah, that was split. I had it for Felipe. You got it for I. Felipe. Yeah, Felipe. Yeah, I I didn't really see a great argument for DeCastro here. I, you know, I will say that Felipe Felipe was definitely getting blocked a lot. Like DeCastro was covering up well, and and Felipe was missing. But I still thought he was getting through enough. Yeah, he, he even he got stumbled a little bit too early in the round. So Bosaki and Anders Olsen, they were the ones who saw it for Felipe, just as you and I did. Ahmed Korchi once again is the dissenting judge yeah. uh, in this round. He was the biggest dissenter of the night. He was. He descended quite a few times. Then earlier in the night, we actually had our much earlier in the night and much lighter fighters here because these are actual atom weights who were fighting at straw weight. Loma look bomb me and Jin Yu Fry. Real quick, Jin Yu Fry is huge. She is jacked. I was shocked that she ever made atom weight. Yeah, I think she's had weight issues in, in the past. Uh, at that weight, I think she mostly made it, but I believe that there have been issues uh, from time to time. I. I would have to double check that, but uh, so I don't I don't want to besmirch Genu Fry for that. I, I'm a big fan of her game, uh, but unfortunately, it was not enough in this one because Loma looked on me and her Muay Thai game just ravaged her for yeah. three rounds. Yeah. I thought she great. won. I thought she won all three rounds. Uh, so did Mike Bell, Lucas Posaki. You too. Uh, me too. That clinch was yeah. awesome. Clinch. Yeah. Clemens Werner actually gave Fry the third, and that was a close round. I I had no problem with that. I thought the the stand up was more effective for uh, Look Bomb Me than anything Fry had on the ground. Yeah, it did. But so. again, I still think it was pretty close. There was an argument there. I almost went that way and I didn't ultimately, but and it wouldn't have mattered in the result because Look Bomb Me had already banked two rounds. Yep. Now 10-8 watch though. We've got a few 10-8s, three 10-8s that we can discuss here, you know, because there was there was some debate between the judges. Two of them came in Casey Kenny's dominant decision victory over Alateng Hai Lee. Yeah, I, you know what? I had 10-8s in both round rounds one and two. But let's start with round one. Yeah, round one, I actually didn't give any 10-8s in this one. And, and uh, social media kind of kept beating up on people who only gave 10-9s in this fight. And I was I was feeling kind of subtweeted there. It wasn't cool. 
<laughs> Stop making the broadcast, Scott. I don't think they put any tweets up the, this uh, on this event. <laughs> okay. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I... anyone who thinks that I care that my tweet gets on TV, like I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's fun. Moving on. Anyway, round one. Uh, <laughs> round one. I me because some there were there was someone out there who was so mad that my tweets got up during the UFC pay per view last week that he made a couple of. Uh, I guess dummy accounts making fun of me, right? <laughs> I guess that's what we'll call them. Yeah. One of them was like Scott is stupid or something like that. I don't know. It, uh, it was. <laughs> it made it made me and my wife laugh. I mean, we had a good time with that. Uh, <laughs> but after that episode, yeah, it seems like the UFC is like, now nah, we're not going to put any tweets up anymore. <laughs> you know what? Fine. Honestly, I found them distracting. They are every single time a tweet popped up in the bottom corner. I'm like, well, what what's going on in here? Because my I I have ADD, so I get distracted. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I want to watch the fight. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the fight. Back to the fight here. Yeah. We got, obviously, we were, we were talking about 10 8s and 10 9s and Kenny against Alatang Haile. You had two of them, round one and round two. Why? Yeah. Round one, I thought he basically beat the crap out of him. He just kept landing those heavy kicks to the body. His stomach was bruising up and he was hitting him to the mouth. Uh, Alatang Haile had nothing for him. It was, it was just. Pressure, pressure, I mean, he pressure. He was fighting back. He was, uh, he was landing. He, he just was. He, I think he was getting out landed like two to one. He he wasn't stopping Kenny from coming forward and and just continuing to pour it on. I I thought he was dominant. I thought he had duration. I thought he had heavy damage. I thought that it was competitive enough to avoid the dominance there. Okay, is the thing because it, that's really when you're looking for dominance and and there's no grappling or anything like that. I'm pretty sure what you're supposed to be looking for is the fact that they're the fighter isn't even able to throw back, you know, and that, and that was never the case with Alatang Haidli. He was always and I think in every round he was always willing to put his strikes out there and and throw back. It just clearly wasn't at the same level. So to me, you want damage most definitely heavy, heavy damage duration debatable. I think you could debate that. So that's why I'd understand why you could get to a 10-8, but I still felt like both rounds were, were just talking about 10-9s. Oh, very, very lopsided 10-9s, which in our CSJ system would be clear 10-8s. But here, I'm not sure. So I thought round one was more clear of a 10-8 than round two. Okay. Uh, and as go, going back to the dominance real quick. Yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. My, my reasoning is everything he threw back was absolute zeros. Anything he hit him with didn't affect Kenny at all. So I that's still don't why... think that. I mean, it's not like he was throwing back with like no intentions either. Like he was, he was throwing crisp punches. They just weren't affecting his opponent well enough. And I mean, I think that speaks more to the way Kenny was able to take the punches than anything. He's got a dominant chin. That's what we're going. <laughs> yes, yeah, so but that's why I have an issue going ten eight in these rounds. Uh, to break down which judges gave what uh, in round one. Two out of the three went 10-9, just as I did. That was Dave Torelli and Clemens Werner, uh, whereas Lucas Basaki was the 10-8, just like you. Round two, the 10-8 was the majority score. That Both of them came from Basaki and Werner. And Torelli, our American judge, he gave 10-9. So another North Jersey guy seeing 10-9s all the way through, just like me. So, you know, props to you, Dave. (laughs) Keep, Keep it North Jersey. Yeah. Because Central Jersey doesn't exist. Central Jersey exists. It's just that, you know, South Jersey is just, you know, kind of lame. <laughs> Sorry if you're from South Jersey. We just lost all of our... You're ruining our COVID numbers, by the way, in Jersey. Sorry, sorry, Eric. Yeah, Eric Cologne uh, in, in South Jersey, if you're listening. <laughs> it's 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Putting you on blast. Yeah, let's move on to Nasruddin Imavov. He got the unanimous decision over Jordan Williams, two 29-27s and one 29-28, which meant that round two was actually the one where we had two out of three judges go 10A for Imavov, and that was Korchi and Dave Torelli, whereas Andrew Zolson only saw this as a 10-9. What about you? I went 10-8 for round two. Okay, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I thought this was a pretty good 10-8. Yeah, big strikes, good duration, strong guillotine, dominant round. Simple. Yeah, this, this is an Imavov fight. After the first round, it was totally Imavov. Oh, yeah, definitely. And honestly, I actually thought that Imavov had a good argument for round one, he too. Did. But, he but did. But it was more like what yeah. he did late. So I can understand why uh, all three judges didn't see it that way. But I had, I, when I watched it live, and I haven't watched, uh, I haven't gotten the chance to rewatch it, I did think Imavov actually took all three rounds. But neither here nor there. Let's move on. We, we, you know, all we got to do now is really give props to the, uh, the rounds that ever, and the fights that all the judges got unanimously correct here you know we got carlos condit the the, the, the big fight everybody was kind of looking forward to outside of the the headliner and maybe yeah. more than the headliner yeah. round uh, one would have been interesting had he not gotten knocked down at the end of it it would have been but yeah obviously condit kind of put a stamp on that all three judges rightly saw this as 30 27 for condit over court mcgee uh the judges were also unanimous in gdr over pena that again that ended by round three sub all first round for GDR, all second round for Pena. Dusko Kodorovic getting the round two TKO over Daquan Townsend. Round one was clearly for Todorovic 10-9, and then he obviously put the pounding on him in the second round. Kyler Phillips got the, also got the second round TKO over Cameron Else, and he also won the first round. Yeah, no arguments there. He should got two stoppages. Cameron Else was done at the end of round one. He probably was, but... Yeah, we, we've seen worse two stoppages in one fight, quote-unquote. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, no, I'm just about, giving Kyler Phillips props because I thought he looked awesome. He did look awesome. What, what, you, what about the favorite finishes, though? We had four finishes, three by TKO, one sub. Only one in the first round, actually, though. Uh, what was your favorite of the four? Jermaine Durand to me because it was so oh, unexpected. Yeah, you stole mine, and you put it down on, on our on yeah. our little notes, and I said, oh, man, I wish well, I could have had that. I almost said, oh, I should double down with you. But, yeah, we could uh, but double why down. why is that your favorite? Give me, give me why it was your favorite. Because Juliana Pena was the grappler coming into this, and uh, Durandami was the striker, and she got the tap, completely unexpected, attacked on a mistake made by Pena, and capitalized on it. She was looking for the uh, the the uh, the Von Prude choke as well earlier you in pick, the fight. You got to pick one. Von Flu, St. Pru. I think we can combine them. I think now we need to pay homage to both fighters. So I'm going to call it the Von Pru, and I don't care if anybody likes it or not. I like that people are correcting you. Um, no, I don't care. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize the man's name was Ovince St. Pru and not Von Pru. Thank you. <laughs> and, and the... <laughs> oh, my God. People, take a joke. But that was, that was great. Obviously, he, you know... Choking out Pena, too. <laughs> they had to check the arm and realize that, he was out. That was she wild. was out for a while. She probably was. She yeah. Was, I think she was starting to kind of shake a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's always scary, but I'm glad she's okay. Um, Hopefully, she's definitely okay right now. <laughs> for me, though, it was, other than that one, Todorovic getting the pound out of, of Townsend. Honestly, I thought, not that it was a bad stoppage, but I thought there was probably, you could have made a case to stop that fight even a little earlier in the, in the, in the second round. Townsend... We've seen him many times over the last year or so. And look, he's got an interesting story, but I don't think he's UFC caliber. He's just not. I, yeah, there's, I don't think he's going to stay. There's other 205ers that I want to see in the UFC other than Townsend from a competitive standpoint. So Todorovic looked great, though. 
I, I would really like to see what he can do uh, at this weight class. Yeah, let's see what he can do. That's all Dan and I have for this post-fight edition of the Couchside Judges. We'll come back again at the end of the week to preview Marlon Marais' bantamweight headliner against Corey Sanhagen as the fight island action continues. We'll have some past judgment as well, so watch social media for which fight we pick. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Scott underscore Fontana, and my DMs are open. You can also find me on Twitter at DanUrbanMMA. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thanks for listening. Later, guys. Later, guys.